0: Welcome to Aligned Attraction, the go-to intimacy podcast for powerful women. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Lee Noto, master intimacy coach and psychedelic therapist, and I help powerful women like you unleash your wild feminine power so you can create heart-throbbing love. Each week, you'll hear from me and other experts on love, sex, and relationships, and I'll also coach women like you to create the most delicious transformation in their love lives. You ready? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Way of the High Priestess. I am joined by an awesome guest today. Stephanie Silvia Costello, who is an intimacy and relationship mentor. Okay. This woman is super badass. She has over 10 years of experience in the world of mental health, working with individuals ranging from six to 50 years old. So that is a huge range. She is also a mom of three beautiful children and was diagnosed with PTSD. And this is a huge part of her story. The struggle of working through These life changes have propelled her ability to support people. Receiving this diagnosis and going through labor was the easy part. Finding the inspiration and belief in herself was the real challenge. And this is why men and women alike turn to Stephanie when they want to find safety and freedom through embracing themselves, owning their power, and breaking free of toxic patterns. My dear, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Awesome. All right. So there's so many different ways we can go. And I love that I'm getting to talk to what I would consider a colleague in the field of mm-hmm. intimacy, love, sex, and relationships. Uh, but I want to get personal first before we get professional. For most people in helping fields, fields that serve to help people create personal transformation we typically have our own transformation that we went through that got us to where we are today. So with that, I know one of the core areas of your focus is helping people confidently and assertively state their needs, learn to set boundaries and securely state their desires with sexual intimacy
1: Mm.
0: as well as break free of toxic patterns. Mm. So over the course of your, you know, love life, What are some of the most pervasive patterns that you've had to overcome that have led you to where you are today?
1: Mm, Such a great question. Uh, When my husband and I uh, initially met, I was only 19. And so I remember back then at one point I had said to him, I could never be mad at you. (laughs) so funny right like what 19 year old me is just like I'd love to meet her again to see what she was thinking and and figure out like where that ever came from he laughed at me and I was actually mad that he laughed at me so was like, <laughs> that's not funny like I don't ever want to be mad at you and three kids labor three labors later uh 11 years later here we are and I'm 30 and I'm turning into this um, mature woman who knows what she wants. And is very clear on what it looks like and how it feels and all these things. And, and we're kind of navigating, we're not kind of going down different paths right now, but we're, we're not, we're also not like getting each other's paths together as intimate partners, not as homeowners and parents and all this other stuff. So, uh, it's interesting how, you know, meeting each other was an evolution. Becoming parents was an evolution. Becoming homeowners was an evolution. Becoming business owner was an evolution. And now here we are back to basics 11 years later and how we're evolving as people. Mm. I just got chills
0: when you said getting back to basics 11 years later. Mm. I think that is such a phenomenal, that opened my mind so much because there's this idea that I think so many of us hold that is, at some point, we've made these linear progressions into mastery
1: mm-hmm. and that
0: when we do something for some amount of time, we become masters of it. And what I felt from you just now, and I'm getting chills again, is that there is another level of beginner's mind available and that we have to strike amidst having such deep experience with someone or in some sort of um, dynamic that it sounds like you and your husband are exploring in a new way which is really beautiful.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. It's definitely beautiful uh when thinking about it and when we can really when we can get to a point of putting the differences aside and get to that place of okay, we're we're still on the right path, you know, there's no real dysfunction, there's no abuse, there's no neglect. Um it's just it feels very challenging also sometimes and to sort of speak to what you mean by um You know, or what I mean by also getting back to the basics is at 19, and even every year, probably thereafter, there's these blind beliefs that I was agreeing to that I had to be a certain way and and do a certain thing and act right. And all of this control and this idea I have to perform. Mm -hmm. And now that I have all the things, um, people look at me like, What? You're only 30. It's like I've lived so much in the 30 years that I've been alive um, that I got to a place of like, I don't know what to do next. Like I've got all the things and I still don't feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. And it's because I was craving all these things that were going to give me my happiness. When my environment is what I need it to be, then I'll be happy. And now it's like age 30 is slapped me across the face. Like sit with it lady. Cause you've got a lot of growing to still do. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, okay. So that sort of invites me to ask what have been some of your biggest struggles and your biggest successes when it comes mm. to intimacy, sex, and relationships. And that might ultimately be what led you to your work. But if that's something yeah. different, then feel free to talk about that too.
1: Yeah, there's, uh, there's my journey has been pretty consistent, but there's been significant turning points. Uh, it starts when I was age 13 with myself where I nearly died from alcohol poisoning. And I was uh, adhering to dysfunctional patterns in my family and in my home. And um, I, at one point I, re- it took me two weeks to heal from that. And had they put me a room, I wouldn't be able to be here to have this conversation. Cause I was so inebriated that I couldn't take care of myself. Couldn't even roll over to make sure that I was not choking. Um, that's how bad it was. And so I remember like walking. I honestly can't remember who I was talking to. I know I was somewhere in Massachusetts where I was living at the time and I was just looking at my phone and I got a message and I don't remember exactly what it was all about, but I just remember I can physically still see the pavement underneath my phone as I'm walking and I thought to myself, if I don't do this for me, nobody else will. Like it's me. That's it. And so um, healing through the trauma, healing through the alcohol and the neglect happened all on my own um, at age 13, turning 14. Um, And at the time I was looking for real, any, really any guidance. And thankfully I landed on this program as a kid called the police explorers program. It teaches you how to be a cop, teaches you how to shoot a gun, how to handcuff, how to a car stop, all the things in and out, like you are working with police in the things that you're doing. And I did all these programs and that kept me on a really straight and narrow path. I was going to be a cop determined, right? Like my resume is to be a cop. I could still be hired to this day if I really craved it. Um, But at some point, and after I finished my first degree in criminal justice, I like there's something here that i just this does not feel right and i remember doing my internship and i was like no this is not right there's something more so i went back to get my second degree in human services and that's where i was like the doors are like opening up everywhere also again like slapping me across the face like this class drug and addiction counseling and all these things that i was learning about myself was super incredible Um, And so I continued on to get my bachelor's in psychology and decided that helping people was more the path. And in my degree with psychology, I had figured out that Um, as a cop, I was paying myself to be in the same patterns and work in the same streets and the same family dynamics, the same traumas and crime that I grew up in, but I made it right. It's like, no, I didn't actually make it. Um, and I'm not, and I really can't make much of a difference, a real impactful difference. Like cops do make a difference uh, for like, they saved my life. If it wasn't for the police officers that I, uh, spent my time with, I wouldn't be who I am today. So, they, they definitely can make the impact, but there was a much bigger movement that I wanted to participate in and be a part of. Um, so then my journey continues after having two children, as uh, when I got diagnosed with PTSD, and mm-hmm. I say ch- having children is like self-development on steroids. I got the diagnosis, knew something was really, really wrong after after a week of being home with my second it was like, I need help. Something is wrong. Mm. Didn't know what it was, didn't understand. Um, it took a good three years. And that was, I think, the hardest. I thought it was harder than nearly dying from alcohol poisoning, honestly, because ruining my or feeling like I was ruining my children because I didn't have the skill set that I had been working so hard to have. And I craved to be this beautiful mom. And there's actually a lot of things about being a mom that I have significantly failed at because I was not prepared enough to to have the children. Um, So getting a lot of the help, starting to eat healthy. And that's when really my transformation truly, truly happened. Um, And then here I am getting ready to work on my master's in a couple of weeks, um, owning my own business for two years. Oh, that's another piece. One quick other step to that is becoming an entrepreneur happened nearly five years ago now. And I started as a peer romance consultant, which is a, I still do it. Um, and we, women sexual health, and I was doing these parties and I was loving it. And these women were like getting all the good information and they were getting empowered, but then they went home and they just couldn't practice what they learned at the party because they needed more help. And that's kind of how intimacy and relationship mentor evolved.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay so much. (laughs) So you saw this gap in what was happening at these pure romance parties and just give the listeners a a quick description of what a pure romance party is.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a woman empowerment party or a bachelorette party. We also do, but it was really about empowering the women in the room to love on themselves the way they deserve to, um, and local to where we are, there's other companies that kind of make it like it's this big party and we swing from chandeliers and everyone gets tied up. And I really was very passionate about providing that safe place for women to share their vulnerability, uh, and express themselves freely. And it really started because I didn't have that for myself. And I wanted to have a community of women that were involved in this uplifting of our feminine energy.
0: Right. Right. That's beautiful. So what were you seeing at the time you were, you were doing these pure romance parties and then you saw that there was a gap, like there were these transformations at the parties, but then when it came to translating whatever happened at the party to how these women go home and show up in relationship sexually and romantically, Mm -hmm. What were you seeing as the biggest gaps? And is that still what you see in your work now when you work with women and couples?
1: Uh, So the biggest gaps were the the party was an experience, right? So you're on this roller coaster ride and you're going up and down and left and right. And you're being all taken all over and all these exciting things, right? so you've got all this juju and then you're so excited to buy what feels best for you. And that was something I was super passionate is I'm not here to upsell you anything. I'm here to help you build the experience you crave. So there's only so much I can spend, uh, time-wise in the shopping room with them. Um, and so they would, spend all this money and I check in with them how is things going and take notes and do that accountability piece which I think is a little bit more than most consultants uh would probably do and they'd like I haven't even opened it yet and I'm just like what like I feel shameful because I just took your money and you're not doing anything with it that felt like a misalignment for me yeah. um and then even the fact that they learned all these things but they didn't know how to have the challenging conversation to overcome it, like, especially even women who had never used toys before because their partner felt jealous Mm. about the toy in the bedroom. I'm just like, that is so sad. I am so sorry for you. And they were so scared to even approach the conversation that they would deny themselves that pleasure. And so after, after getting so frustrated with the way the business was working. Yeah, I was making money, but it wasn't I wasn't having that impact that I craved to have. And so yeah. I started working with clients. There was one couple specifically who really needed that support. And the support that we offer that I was able to offer and get her connected to the right people just made her their relationship blur flourish in a way that they had never dreamed of it being. And so that that was like this is where I need to be. I love that. That yeah, it's it's so it boggles my
0: mind how little we are taught about how our bodies function,
1: mm.
0: how to communicate effectively when it comes to being in relationship with people and not just romantic relationship but any relationship, parental, coworker, and these are skills that are so vital in life. This is the cornerstone of our humanity because we are beings who relate to one another. Mm. And this is the one place that we so often seem to not know how to navigate. Mm. And so I know that one of the, you know, the missions of your company and the work that you do now is helping people learn the skills to confidently and assertively state their needs to learn how to set healthy boundaries and to securely (laughs) state their desires with sexual intimacy, hugely important skills, like
1: Mm.
0: ginormous at the center of relationship and, and romantic partnership. So tell me about how you do that. And, And if there's, if there are any tangible tools or processes that you want to give in this response i know that anyone who's listening would love to hear how to communicate more effectively how to navigate something that feels challenging so Hmm. whatever comes up for you in that um go for it
1: yeah so i'm so excited this is like this is the part that you know after working with people for so long it's like okay this piece of information really needs to be shared um before i go into sharing the the system that the courageous communication system that we have uh, the communication with your partner and consent consent is vital in relationships. Um, and that is one thing that I find that there's this one is usually overgiving and one is under giving. Mm. Um, and so this courageous communication, very simple Venn diagram for anyone who doesn't know what a Venn diagram It's two circles where they meet in the middle. <laughs> um, and if you If you write down on on one side of the Venn diagram is like me or I or whatever you want to write, the middle is WC for workable compromise. And then the other side is them. It could be your partner. It could be your your child. It really could be anyone. And then when you're asking yourself like, okay, what goes in the Venn diagram? What should I be really figuring out what goes in here and where that middle ground is? Um, I want for me. Mm. I want for you. I want for us in that order, right? I want for me is the number one piece to, to tackle. And then the them piece is, uh, you want for you, you want for me, and you want for us, uh, in order to really succeed at, at a concrete, outcome from this the two people have to want to work together as a team yeah if one person is trying to do the work and the other person is not able to do it that person has to figure out where they're willing to have their own workable compromise and where they're going to make their needs the priority um mm-hmm. so if there's a challenge there and you're just like okay I know my partner will not work with me on this then that like you need to reach out don't even try to do this on your own like let's talk right um but if you're like okay I can I can work this and my partner will work this too Then go through those six questions. Um, Don't create hypotheses on their answers or theories or judgments or assumptions. Um, You know, you want to be very careful and cautionary of making any assumptions. You really want to ask them and get their answer on whatever the topic could be. So it could be um, adding toys to the bedroom. Like, what do I want? What do you want? What I want for you, what I want for me, and what do we each want for each other Mm. Um, and for like our, our relationship and figure out what does that picture look like? No one can give you the picture, the colors and the taste and the smells and all that. You have to really get creative and figure out what that means for you.
0: Those are phenomenal prompts. And I remember when I was on your podcast, you had mentioned this and I was like, that is brilliant. Mm. there are things that we don't often think about that really help us define our needs more clearly and inquire about the needs of the other and find a middle ground. And I think that's where the success in relationship comes in is being able to hold the three, the I, the you, and the us as, as all valuable
1: parts. And sort of separate pieces too. Yeah. Um, And this Venn diagram really gives the couple the opportunity to hold space for each other, for themselves, for each other, and then for the collective all. So, Yeah. Do you have a PDF of this? I haven't created it yet. I will get on that now that you're asking. The universe is clearly telling me like, you need to do this. (laughs) I want to include this
0: in the show notes for anyone who's listening, uh, because I just feel like this would be such a valuable tool. Mm. Okay. So- now we have this really beautiful tool that can be used in, in any area of relationships. Now, I know that you had mentioned also before we hit record, um, something that you'd created called the Say It Like It Is process. Mm. Is that
1: different than this? What is that? Uh, so the Say It Like It Is is really just our our overall uh, way of ex- uh Handling or navigating or being participating in being a part of the communication process. Um, If there's a thought that you're having in your head, it needs to come out, uh, especially if you have it three, four, five, six times. Whether you realize, okay, this thought needs to come out, but I should not share it with XYZ person, there's a process for that. Uh, I want to talk to somebody about this, there's a process for that, right? There's all these different ways to approach um, saying it like it is. Cause it depends on if it's for you, if it's for the relationship, or if it's for them, right? And and all the different uh sections of our life that kind of come into play with each other and they intersect a lot. So it getting that personal clarity is important.
0: Mm. Yeah, I've definitely definitely had my own reflections uh that I've had to come to terms with how to communicate. So between getting clear on the Venn diagram mm-hmm. and the say it like it is process, can you give any examples from your life or from a client's life that would clearly depict how this works, right? Because I want for me, I want for you, I want for us, et cetera. I'm thinking of how to fill some of my own examples in, but how has have, have either of these processes led you or a client to Greater self understanding, greater mutual understanding, greater connection.
1: Mm. Great question. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is is just a conversation I was having with my husband. You know, midday today, I'm reading a book called Overcoming um, Overcoming earning and there were eight. Um, take the notes. Eight rules to achieving wealth. And as I'm reading through these and I'm stuck in this, like, I want to do this. How am I going to do this? And really trying to encourage myself to go after what I crave in my life. And I realized, like, I need an accountability buddy in this. And these are all things back to the piece with my, my husband earlier. We've achieved so much in our life. But our relationship hasn't quite, our very intimate bond hasn't quite achieved a level that I just deeply crave. And so these eight rules, um, under-earning is no longer an option. That's a fear for me. So I'm scared that if I... Uh, don't underearn, then I'm going to lose him and or not need him, and then what are we going to have, right? All these fears that aren't true that I have to deal with, so I can't come to him and be like, you're gonna, I, you know, you're not gonna love me, you're not gonna care, and we're just gonna go like I can't go point the finger and place this blame and the shame and this guilt on him, so. I have to communicate, you know, this is what my brain is, is creating for a story. And it. I know it's complete baloney, but I need your help holding me accountable to not letting that come become our truth or my truth. Mm. Number two, keep your commitments. He has a really hard time with keeping his commitments. And, and I also do in some of my areas of my life too. So where I, where he slacks, and then if I'm slacking, we're both slacking and neither of us are balancing each other out. So that balance is something we really got to work on. Um, use disruptions to practice the five steps that she talks about. Enroll your spouse in the process. When I hit that, I'm like, like he's enrolled. I got this. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I haven't had a conversation with him to be enrolled in the process. And so these eight rules are giving me these very specific pieces that even though we're talking about under earning in this book, it really boils down to my self esteem and myself and in my relationship with my partner. Um and so, figuring out what I want, what I crave, and what can he realistically have on his end versus the expectations I'm
0: placing—that's mm, a huge one. That's a huge distinction to make. Is asking the question: What feels doable, desirable, realistic for the other person versus mm. what am I expecting? And maybe there is a Venn diagram. Maybe mm-hmm. there are things that I'm expecting, there are things that feel realistic, and then there's some. Middle ground, but I'm curious to hear you had mentioned just sort of bringing things back to a a personal context. Yeah. um, That there is this place you're longing for in your Mm -hmm. intimate connection with your husband what do you know what that place is yet? How it feels, what it looks like.
1: I do. And that just kind of happened today. Thankfully. That's so exciting. (laughs) Hot off the press. Yes. Literally hot off the press. Uh, My husband, our whole relationship has always said, you just think of what you want to do and you go and you do it. And I have this like like, I don't know, six months ago, I was like, Oh, I feel like getting my master's and I'm going to apply to these schools. And some people are like, you're going to apply to this program. I'm like, yeah, I've already been accepted. Like no big deal. Not even question if I'm going to be accepted or not. You know, I have this sense of knowing really feeling into that high priestess, uh, sense of myself, but it doesn't know it's not always there. Um, and so when we're connect, when him and I are connecting, I said to him today, I'm like, you know, uh, one of one, the eighth uh, rule is uh, do what you dread. Mm. And, and I dread facing finances. Like it's just a weakness of my personality type. Um, it's something that I really, really struggle with the financial conversation, all of it. And, and I, but I love the work that I do. So it's like, why does that have to be money? Why can't it just be, I don't know, energy or something? Um, But so him and I are having this conversation around dread and it's like, you know, I don't just like wake up and just have this big smile on my face and do these things that I dread that are a significant part to my, my growth. And so, um, he has a very go with what life kind of brings and which is good in some areas, but when we're trying to achieve shit, like. We gotta get our big boy and girl pants on and go after what we're craving, and that may feel there may be a lot of dread there, but when you overcome that dread, there's so much power and newness and excitement and risk and just everything that goes along with that. You know, I tribute um, that dread or or that um, achievement process. I attribute that to climbing mountains. I do all these big mountains um local to where I am. And like I'm doing 20 plus mile trip tomorrow in like some of the toughest terrain and climbing that mountain, like there's sometimes dread going up that mountain. But if I don't stop to breathe and take those steps and overcome that dread, I will never get to the top of any mountain I ever try to climb. And so that real deep sense of intimacy. And going into something, knowing that it's risky, knowing that there's going to be a challenge and you're going to have to figure it out and be creative with whatever skills and tools you have in the moment, that just is like, I thrive on that and that want to move through that. So that's really, hopefully that was clear picture of what that looks like. That's all intangible things. It's not buy me pens because I'm going to college or my highlighters, you know, because I'm going to college. So.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what I'm hearing is there's a desire to be able to want to traverse those dreadful terrains together.
1: Mm, so true.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Is there, as you're creating this, I don't know what else to call it, but this next level for yourself mm. in your professional life, in your academic life, in your intimate life? Are there any other things that you're really craving right now? I feel like we're in such a reflective time of the year. Right now we're recording this. It's the end of 2021. By the time Mm -hmm. this airs, we'll be in 2022. But you know, we're looking forward into the new year. We're reflecting on this past year. Is there anything else that you would just love to speak into existence right now in terms of like heart's cravings?
1: Yes. Loyalty. And mutual respect, understanding of understanding of what that loyalty looks like, feels like is like, um, I don't want to make it seem like I'm craving dread. I just know that dread is part of the growth process. Mm. And so it takes to be a real loyal person to achieve whatever it is you're looking to achieve. It takes discipline. It takes creativity. It takes perseverance and dedication, determination, and resiliency, Uh, committing and experiencing and creating that change that you crave those are all really expressive terms that paint a beautiful picture of what at the end of the day for me is loyalty Uh, and so craving that from other uh, community members and entrepreneurs and podcasters and whatever environment that I'm in I know what that looks like in a person and I can just feel it as soon as I meet them. And they get that from me. And it's, it's almost like it's that they, they don't know what they're getting. Cause most people aren't that hyper aware. Um, you know, I do a lot of work around this, so I'm hyper aware in a lot of ways. And so when I give that, it's like so addicting. They're like, I want more, Yeah. but it's more of a, I want more and not of a, what are we going to provide each other? So um, right. that loyalty from others would yeah. be so amazing.
0: I hear that. The, the way that I sort of translate that is like a desire to be surrounded by people who also show the fuck up and who are (laughs) no matter what kind to be simply
1: put. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Why not? Right. (laughs) Very uh, colloquially spoken.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but people who are no matter what people like, Mm -hmm. no matter what, this is who I am. This is how I'm showing up. This is what I'm committing to.
1: Mm -hmm. This
0: is what I'm choosing for myself. There's such a a profound um like energetic game
1: mm-hmm.
0: that i think more and more people are becoming savvy to which is how the the universe works beyond what we see and and deal with yeah. in our material world and that power of choice that commitment that loyalty is heard by the universe if mm-hmm. you will and Results are created, you know, there, there are ways in which we create our reality based on our level of loyalty, commitment, dedication, creativity, choicefulness, and Mm -hmm. then the reciprocity that we receive, hopefully from the people we interact with, but over time, no doubt, because we will attract that, Mm -hmm. Uh, but also from the universe is, or God source that, which is greater, um, is, I think is definitely uh, a reflection of the loyalty that we show up with. So I'm really excited to see what unfolds for you over, you you know, the next year for sure. Yeah.
1: 2022 is going to be a big year. 2021 was already a really big year. Uh, It's it's just amazing to feel how big things just bigger and bigger and bigger and better. And it feels great to be on that, that uh, evolutionary journey. Yeah. Yeah. I, what, okay. So
0: in 2022 like what is your dream for yourself for your business for your impact community mm. actually
1: yeah that's uh that's one thing that came up in this process i mentioned i was kind of working myself through earlier uh is is wealth isn't about having the cars and the things and the money and And I mean, yeah, I'd really love to spend like some, some great money on some good hiking gear and not kind of have to budget my way through hiking gear. Right. Um, But community is what brings wealth. Like if I can have a, a wealth that provides single moms, a job or stay at home, mom's a job or, you know, jobs to other countries where people are suffering and they need, the, the wealth as well, like really bringing that, all that, what I described loyalty to be to the table. Like a lot of what I described are my core values and what loyalty means to me. And a commun- we deserve that uh, community collective ability to be open and vulnerable and trusting and honest instead of closed off and segregated and you know, all these having our own homes with no village around us to help care for anything, right? I really want to bring that, um, what the essence of humanity back to life with my wealth. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, I love that. Yeah, I feel
0: like now is the time for that. We are, and I, you know, our work is so fundamental in bringing Bringing that to fruition and Mm. making that a reality because, you know, based on what I know about your work, you are showing people and modeling for people how to relate to one another. Mm. And that is the, the cornerstone of community is how we be in relationship with one or more people to work toward a shared intention or a common goal for hopefully the betterment of humanity. Mm -hmm. and for the enrichment of our lives. And, you know, it seems to me like you're doing that every day. So I am excited for that.
1: Thank you. We do have three pillars. We have the self-exploration, the relationship exploration, and then the sexual health. Um, And we find that through that evolution, it, it'll start with self-exploration and it'll move into relationship. And then it'll go back to self because the relationship part starts to improve. And then they start to get more clarity and more clarity. And it just isn't, there's no one place to get through to, uh, it's a never, it's an ever evolving journey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the biggest things that I try to help people relate to what the work it is, is behaviors, emotion, communication, we have to exercise. We have to fail, and we have to try better, and we have to learn from our mistakes, right? Um, but it takes, in the same way, you go to the gym. If you've got your shoulder up by your ear and you've got these little T-Rex arms, you're trying to do hammer curls or whatever, your trainer's gonna be like, "What are you doing? Like, fix this and this and do this, right?" Um, and so that's kind of what I I do. I'm like your physical trainer for your emotional, behavioral, and communication health. I love that. Thanks.
0: Okay. So this may or may not take a left turn, but I want to make sure we cover this because I'm personally curious about this, but you had mentioned uh, something before we hit record about impulse versus intention.
1: Oh, yes. What is that all about? (sighs) So exciting. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is just screaming at me in every area of my life. Um, When people come to me, for example, a a client, a graduated client, she's doing great. Um, things have kind of taken a, a dive unfortunately in their relationship. Um, and she was like sticking to her intention. she was remaining dedicated and committed to her communication and then her partner was just provoking and provoking and provoking and provoking and she fell into the in um, the impulse trap where she impulsively reacted and felt like she needed to get back at, Um, the, her partner. And so uh, figuring out for her, what does impulse mean for her? And what does intention mean for her? Impulse feels resentful and angry and frustrated and sad. And all of these really intense negative emotions where intention, Mm -hmm. even though sometimes intention can be just as equally struggle, strugglesome, because um, if we stick to what we are being intentional about, that means that we're ignoring. So the people pleasers that I tend to work with really struggle with that because they're like, well, I want this, but that means potentially all these other things for that person. And to get them to understand that being intentional about your choices for you and making you the priority when somebody else cannot make you meet you in the middle is very, very, very important to the overall health and happiness of your own life. Um, So that's a lot how impulse versus intention shows up for the people that I work with.
0: Yeah. And um, the the word loyalty is coming to mind again, as you say that, that there are so many facets of how we embody loyalty. And Mm -hmm. one of those facets that, you know, in my personal experience and professional experience is the cornerstone of a successful relationship is loyalty to self, mm-hmm. to our own needs, desires, boundaries, preferences, dreams, fears, and becoming self aware and self understanding enough to know what those are so that we can share that with our partners mm-hmm. or with people in our lives. And, you know, so often I think we as women in particular, we're conditioned with the idea that we must be selfless
1: Mm -hmm.
0: to create success in our relationships or to be loved. And that's just totally backwards. And so that word loyalty came up again with that loyalty to our intention, loyalty to how we're choosing to show up despite what may trigger an impulse, despite how someone else responds. And this is that, again, that no matter what way of being, which is like, Here's how I'm going to choose to be no matter how my partner shows up, Mm
1: -hmm. no matter what
0: they say, no matter what kind of day they're having Mm -hmm. and being loyal to our intention and being clear on what our intentions are.
1: Yeah.
0: Just period point blank. That's the starting point. So
1: Uh, two responses to that, you know, going after what we want is, is super important and and it's not always easy, right? So if you are having an off day and a tough day, if you own that, I feel statements using I feel statements, I feel frustrated. I feel tired. I feel angry. I, I feel, and your partner can't hold space for you. Then go find someone who can, and because you're being intentional with your impulses or your, or your decisions. Right. Um, And then to speak a little bit to that selfless piece, I think males are expected to be selfless as well with their emotions, which is what creates such frustration and anger. And then because they're not allowed to be selfish with their emotions. So we women are selfish with all of our emotions, but men aren't allowed to be selfish. And so it creates this just unequal dynamic. Um, and I'm speaking specifically to heterosexual relationships, but it could also be if you are a more masculine energy or you're more feminine energy, you still can fall into those um, societal beliefs, blind beliefs and agreements that we make from beginning of our lives. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know overcoming narratives, recognizing narratives. I think is such a huge part of relationship and just the human experience in general.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so thank you for speaking to that. Yeah. Okay, left turn um, as we close this conversation because sure. there is never a reason to not have something like this happen. Um, mm-hmm. It is now time for your clitoral model to make its appearance. <laughs> okay, because you have one, so. I do. <laughs> If you're watching this on YouTube, she is holding up this beautiful model of the full anatomy of a clitoris, which is not what most people think a clitoris looks like. So share with us
1: what, what this is. So uh, it's actually a clay model I bought on Etsy. So if you feel like being a badass and you just want to like have a clitoral model sitting around your house and someone ever asks like, what's that? You can educate them. Um, So the clitoris that we know it is just this tip right here. Um, And this is not obviously no skin. So oftentimes there's a clitoral hood. Not oftentimes there is a clitoral hood um, that most often that's what we know as the clitoris. And so the the interesting piece about all of this is how much we're actually stimulating when we're stimulating the clitoris. And the, the amount of nerve endings in that entire region of a a person born with a clitoris's body is cre- pretty incredible. And so. I try It's kind of awkward to do on video, but if you notice like this is the clitoris and then this is the vaginal opening, when you're stimulating in between the, in the vaginal opening, you're stimulating between these two sacs, um, And then the, I call them kind of wishbones. They look like wishbones they, that extend. So for us, our orgasms are so intense. Um, the, again, those of us with the clitoris, because uh, of the amount of the region that is being stimulated just from this wonderful little piece of glory right here. We are just walking models of pleasure. Yes, literally, <laughs> I love it.
0: I had I had to get that in. I mean, come yeah, on. I love it. Um, okay, my dear, this has been such a wonderful conversation, full of your personal and lived experience, mm-hmm. your um, your professional wisdom and knowledge. So where can people find you that want to connect with you? And are there any things that you're offering right now?
1: Yes, absolutely. So uh, you can find me at safetyinfreedom, safetyinfreedom.com. In um, and if you're curious on just meeting and wanting to get to know me, uh, safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call, and that'll give you the opportunity to pick a time that is convenient for you. To be able to connect and ask more questions, learn more, figure out uh whatever it is that you need, I'm happy to show up and be present for you.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're
1: welcome. Is there anything else
0: that um you feel called to share? Anything that you would want people who are listening to know? Anything that's present for you?
1: Mm, let's see. You hit on all of the, the very key pieces. I would say um, if there's a desire to learn more about the courageous communication system and how to say it like it is, uh, we're, we've got a four-week course that's coming up uh, in the new year. So uh, keep a lookout for that on the website and um, reach out. You can reach out to me at, by, via email, stephanie at safetyinfreedom.com, and I will totally send you all the details. Beautiful.
0: Thank you you so much, Stephanie, for joining us on the show today. If any of this resonated for you, please connect with Stephanie. Um, And if you heard something that resonated for you, I invite you to share it out on social media so other people can find this episode. And if you heard something that you know would really land with someone you know, then I invite you to share this episode with them. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you, Stephanie, for joining me. I am wishing you all so much love and good vibes. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to the show and spread the love by sharing this episode out on social media and to all the powerful women in your life. And if you're ready to play full out and create heart throbbing love, hop on over to my website to see all the juicy ways you can do just that. www.lenoto.com Fellow Wild Woman, I appreciate you. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and all the good vibes.